Don't mind your business. Mind my podcast, Mind Elixir. Hello, I'm Ayoka, and welcome to or back to my podcast. If you do not already know me, then hi. I create content on my podcast as well as on Instagram that centers around discussing social issues, self-development, and inspiration for teens so that you can become your best self, which is why today I'm going to be discussing everything study-related because studying doesn't have to completely suck, and I am here to help with that. I'll be discussing some tips for just, you know, studying effectively so that you can not only get good grades, but so that you can also actually remember what you study after you're done with the test, because I know that I'm not the only one that has had that one time where you just cram for the test or cram for a quiz the day before. And then as soon as you're done taking the quiz or test, you forget everything that you learned that you studied, and that's not really effective. And these study tips that I'm going to be talking about, they can be applied to any subject or it can be for tests, quizzes, or even just better understanding your homework. Also, I'll be giving tips for taking the test or whatever test you have as well. So stay tuned for that. And just for a little bit of background, uh, the test that I'm going to be taking this year, I'm going to have my AP Physics exam as well as my AP Psychology, and then also AP Computer Science A. A lot of people say that AP Psychology is easy, and I really like psychology just as a subject itself. And then AP Physics, I understand literally nothing. I am scared, quaking, shiver me timbers. I'm scared for that exam. By the way, I'm saying shiver me timbers ironically, please. I don't actually say that in real life. But yeah, I'm scared for that exam. And then for my Computer Science AP exam, I actually just found out that I wasn't even signed up for that exam. And so I had to like go to this lady at the, in the office at my school and she had to order an an exam for me. So apparently now I'm going to have to take that exam later in May. Then everybody else is going to be taking their exam. So yeah, but at least I still get to take it. I'm somewhat confident in computer science, but some of the things about the I understand the concepts, but just doing the code itself, sometimes that can trip me up. And you know, you may think that, oh, this is a bit early. None of the semester exams or the AP exams are coming up till all the way in May. I still have weeks, but you know, it's never too early to study. And I just want to avoid having to cram because we've probably all been there. And it's just better to actually be proactive and take action before, even before you actually think you're going to need to do so. So before we get into the episode, make sure to follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and also follow me on my social medias, which are linked down below in the description of the episode. And also subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever listening platform you're on and leave leave a review. And also Check out my Instagram because I actually made a recent post about all my April goals slash my April intentions, and I actually quite liked that that post. So yeah, let us get into the topic of this episode. The first basic thing, like just the main thing for studying or doing your homework or whatever that I need is that you need to establish is actually just having a designated study space. 
I personally, I study at my desk, but something I would say not to do is don't study at your, at the same place where you relax or the same place where you sleep. Like don't study just on your bed or, you know, in a messy area. And your study space should be cleared and not cluttered with a bunch of distractions. Because as I like to say, a clean space equals a clear mind. Kind of, somewhat, a bit. And if you need something to organize your stuff that you have on your desk or wherever your study space is, then get that. Or just try and put it to to the side in an organized way so that your desk isn't just cluttered with a bunch of stuff and you're getting distracted looking around. Oh, look at this pencil. Oh, look at this cute little eraser. No. Like, I have a, personally, I have a file folder on my desk and then I also have this desk organizer thing that I put my pencils and sticky notes and erasers. I put all of my stuff in there. And then I also make sure that I clean my desk every single week, usually on Sundays, just because Sundays are kind of like a reset day for me. I also clean my room on what as well on Sundays. I'm trying to get back into the habit of doing that. And also, whenever you're studying, make sure to get everything that, that you actually need before you start studying so that you're not having to get up like, oh, oops, I'm thirsty. I need to go get some water. No, get your water bottle right now and get your pencils. Make sure they're sharpened your eraser and all of that, anything that you think you'd need. And for your phone, put that on, put it away and put it on do not disturb mode. Like turn off the notifications, put it on silent. Because I know for me, my phone is like a major distractor, a major like, is that even a word distractor? I don't know, but it's something that takes away a lot of my attention and my focus whenever I'm trying to get something done. And a time waster, honestly. So I would say put your phone on do not disturb. And then not only that, not only that, but also put it where you can't see it so that you're not tempted to get on your phone. Because I'm pretty sure there's like some study or something like, I'm not sure, but I think there was probably some study that if you even see your phone, it can be a temptation for you to get distracted and get off task. So it's just better to have it out of sight. Maybe that's where the, maybe that's kind of like applies to the saying out of sight, out of mind. I don't know. And also, whenever you're creating your ideal study environment, make sure that, um, make sure that it's just, you know, the right place for you, somewhere where you feel comfortable. It can be at your desk, or I know that some people, they probably go to cafes or the library or wherever. And Also, the people around you, they can be distracting too, depending on what it is. So I know some people, they like to study with their friends. But if you know that if you study with your friends, if you think that you're going to get off topic or off task, then don't do that. And then there's also live study rooms on YouTube that you can look up. And there's this one app that I had or this one thing. I don't know. I don't even use it anymore, but I need to check it out again. It was this one app where it was basically a live study room where you can study with a bunch of people. I think it was on Zoom or something like that. So that was pretty cool. So if you feel like just having other people around you that are doing a similar thing can be kind of encouraging for you, then do that. Whatever works for you. And usually after school, I have to stay in this. I have to stay after school for like a few hours because my parents can't pick me up immediately. So what I do... I have to go to this thing called the homework center, which is just the library at my school, and I get my work down. 
work done and all of that but sometimes it can be a bit distracting to just hear everyone else constantly talking and like you know playing around and doing stuff like that so what i do is i actually sometimes listen to music although i wouldn't really suggest listening to music unless you're trying to actually drown out background noise because that's what i was trying to do because yeah but the music i listen to it's usually repetitive and then it also has no words because whenever i feel like if music has words then you're getting off task and off topic and like you're thinking of those words in the music and like getting too emotional about them and also if you're going to be listening to music while studying although i wouldn't really suggest it that often but if like you have to if you're trying to cancel out um outside distractions or just trying to stay focused then i would suggest listening to just one song on a loop and also a song that doesn't make you super emotional or just super angry or anything like that the song that i actually listen to this is going to sound so weird but i listen to the pink soldiers theme from squid game that just once that one song just because i like how the beat is so repetitive and it's just like the same thing i literally look up um pink soldiers theme on youtube for one hour and i just listen to that if i need to cancel out the background noise i listen to that and it works honestly and the next thing y'all probably know or maybe you don't but i'm probably like the queen of to-do lists and planning but do i actually execute and follow through with these plans no but that doesn't matter that is not what we're concerned with so what i'm saying is that it's important to have a study schedule i will never stop stressing the importance of actually creating a routine for your not just for studying but for your life routines are so essential i think and in order to effectively study for an upcoming upcoming test i would suggest making a study schedule because creating systems creating habits and wait creating habits and creating systems around these habits can help maximize your productivity and create a positive output aka a good grade or whatever you're trying to achieve and there's different there and there's also different like you know specific study methods which i will be going over later later soon in this episode but first i want to go over how i plan out what i want to study and why i plan first of all let's say maybe you have a test over unit 5 of us history and it's going to be the years 1800 to 1920 first i would look over like just a brief overview of the whole entire unit 5 and then i would break it up maybe let's say on monday i would study the years 1800 to 1900 and then on tuesday i'd study 1900s to 1910s and then on wednesday i'd study the 1900 1910s to 1920s kind of like that i'd break it up each day into the sections of the units or whatever the sections of the years or however you'd like to break it up and study different parts of the material each day and then on the day before the test like a day or two before the test depending on how long you have to study or how long you have to prepare a day or before the test as we get closer i would bring all the material and everything that i've been studying together and just look over it together so i can understand how they all connect and connect together and like you know because you've all been over each unit or each part of whatever you're studying in depth and now you're trying to understand how they go together and 
probably as we get closer to the, to the test, I would also do, what do you call it? I would do practice tests as well. That's actually what I'm doing right now, kind of, kind of. But basically before this, I was studying for psychology and I laid out a study plan for myself. I said, okay, so on Thursday, I studied the sleep disorders. And then on Friday, I studied development. And then on Saturday, um, learning or whatever. And then today I'm going to go to college board and do a few practice questions. That's basically what I did. And I think that works really well for me. I like doing that. But you know, if you have your own habits or your own study schedule that you'd like to implement, just try and figure it out. Because I think it really can help. Because creating a study schedule and planning, it just gives me like a sense of, of basically more of a sense of security and control because I'm starting to understand what I know and what I can get wrong on the test and all of that. So yeah, just know. And also, the next thing, I know that since studying, it technically isn't a required thing to do. It's not required like, oh, your teacher's going to take 10 points off your, your grade average if you don't study for this test. Like, no. It's more of like a delayed gratification thing. Like, oh, if I don't study, then... I might fail this test that comes up the next week. But it's not like homework wherever you're required to do it. And because it's not like homework, where I keep reiterating the same thing, sorry. But because it's not like homework and you don't have to, you're not just graded on whether or not you study. You don't have to turn in proof of you studying. At least I don't. What I'm starting to do is actually just treat studying like homework. Treat studying like it's a requirement a required thing because it is if you want to actually have a positive output on your schoolwork on like in school on grades and be able to demonstrate your knowledge and test then studying should be a required thing for you so what I like to do is after I get home from school from the homework center I continue to study and then I also try to do my homework immediately because I know that if I start to go do something else then I'm going to get distracted and then I'm going to stay off topic and then I'm not going to feel like doing it later that night at all. And then it's a whole entire evening wasted. So what I'm saying is if, if you wouldn't want to do something now, then what makes you want to think, what makes you think you're going to do it later? So know when your most optimum time to do your studying or whatever is plan and plan for that as well. And whenever you're studying, there's actually only a certain amount of time that you can actually focus for, which is why it's important to actually take breaks. And I used to recommend doing the Pomodoro method, which is basically where you have 25 minutes of working, 25 minutes of studying, whatever the task you're doing is, 25 minutes of that, and then you take a five minute break. But now I'm like, the Pomodoro method is trash. Sorry, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, I don't really like the Pomodoro, Pomodoro method anymore because I feel like it doesn't allow for enough time to actually get into the flow state. Like, you know, I guess you could call it deep work. I'm not really sure if that's deep work, but it doesn't allow enough time to actually start to concentrate and get into what you're doing or get into the studying, get into your homework or whatever. I feel like it doesn't allow enough time for that. And also a five minute break is not enough. Like you literally blink and that is done. It's done. So now what I do, I basically, I usually don't really time. I just do it 
I just study for however long. And then whenever I start to feel my focus slipping, I just get up and take a break or do something else. And I would say around 45 minutes and 10 minute, 45 minutes of studying and 10 minute breaks, that's really good. Or whatever, like, you know, study blocking or whatever schedule works for you. But, you know, if you like to do the Pomodoro method, then do that. It's honestly just about what works best for you. What's the most optimum thing for you and what you think will have the best output or the best results for you. And, you know, however long you can go for with studying while still allowing your body to like maximize productivity and not allowing your body to tire out or whatever. Like I'll see these YouTubers online. They'll be like six hours study with me. And I'm like, hmm, that's not for me because I feel like six hours is kind of ridiculous. It's better for me to just study deeply for like two hours rather than six to eight hours of constantly getting distracted, maybe taking like 30 minute breaks and like, you know, always having my focus slipping. I feel like two hours just like in the evening, breaking it up and then with a few, with like two 10 minute breaks or something like that. And inevitably, whenever you're studying, whenever you're doing something, there will always come distractions. And when it comes to dealing with distractions, what I would suggest is just Honestly, if you just have a bunch of stuff popping into your head and you're constantly trying to think of this or that, I would suggest writing down your distractions, actually like writing them down on a sticky note and then putting it back to the side so that you can get it out of your brain and you're not constantly thinking of it. Or if like you, because I know I have to use my computer for a bunch of stuff. If you're on your computer and you know, you know, you start looking into new tabs and you start getting distracted by that. I would suggest actually just block getting a Chrome extension, getting an app or whatever that blocks the website that you're getting distracted by so that you don't have to constantly go to it. And you're actually like, you know, you physically can't go to it. But, you know, sometimes you honestly just need a break and trying to will away the distractions won't work. So what you should do during the breaks is like maybe like take a 10 to 15 minute break, you know. During the breaks, you can move your body, get some movement in, get the blood flowing because I know you've probably been sitting at your desk, you're probably a bit bored or whatever. Or just yoga, meditation, deep breathing, something calming to, you know, just let your mind, give your mind a bit of, your brain a bit of a break. And also maybe get a snack because if your mind is stuck on food, that can make it difficult to concentrate. If you're just thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. I want to eat. Like, just go get a snack, get an apple, get an orange, something like that. I don't know. But something you should not do, by all means, not do, do not get on your phone during a break because you'll end up spending the next hour on TikTok or Instagram and I'm actually speaking from experience because this happened to me while I was getting ready to record. I actually, so the thing is, I actually like tried to record this episode like three different times because on Wednesday I was like planning to record and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get to record. And then I procrastinated a bunch. I went on TikTok and I got distracted by TikTok. I got sucked into the whirlpool of the app named TikTok. And then also Instagram too. 
And then whenever I did end up trying to record, I got frustrated with the episode. I literally got 18 minutes in and I was like, no, I don't like this. And then I deleted it. And then I tried to record on Thursday, but that didn't work out either because I kept getting frustrated and I said, no, 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 I don't like this. And then by the time I actually did have time to record, by the time I actually did want to record on Thursday, that was later in the evening because I had spent more time on my phone. By the time I actually did want to record, I didn't have enough time because I needed to go to Taekwondo class slash practice. I needed to go. So yeah, I'm speaking from experience when I say do not get on your phone during breaks unless you have like amazing self-control, but that is just not me. Like what I'm basically what I'm saying is Know what will take away your focus or just cause distractions and know what is best for you when taking breaks. But, you know, now that I've gone over the general stuff about studying, I also want to talk about some specific strategies. First off, we have active recall. And I think this is very important rather than just, you know, passively reviewing and rereading information. This may which like, you know, that may help a bit. Like if you just have a bunch of notes and you're just reading over them, that may help a little bit. But it's really not the most effective way to study. And in my opinion, it can just turn out to be an overall waste of time. So active recall, that is a way to go. And basically I would describe that as just whenever you the act of going back into your mind to constantly retrieve the information you're, in your brain, and it's better than just passively reviewing because it's active, I guess. I don't know. And some resources that I would suggest for active recall are using is using like flashcards or the better version of flashcards, aka Quizlet, because Quizlet is bay. And I like Quizlet because it's online and I can create different study sets and use other people's study sets and stuff like that. But yeah. Another way to utilize active recall would be taking practice tests online or asking yourself or creating questions for yourself about whatever you're studying or whatever material you're studying. And the reason I would suggest this is because instead of just, you know, looking over this over whatever you're studying, you're actually having to think. I feel like you have to think harder. I don't know. There's probably some science about this. I feel like I've probably talked about this before, but yeah active recall and then also this isn't really active recall but I would suggest looking over past assignments or tests or quizzes anything like that I would suggest looking over all of those whenever you're trying to prepare for a test because oftentimes teachers will utilize previous information and previous stuff and that can just help you be prepared for future tests future quizzes and stuff like that also, if your teacher assigned you an optional take-home test or optional test reviews, optional homework, stuff like that, I would highly, highly recommend doing it because they may structure tests similar to that and just really pay attention to how they structure the previous tests that you've had in their class or anything like that. Or if it's an AP test, you can go look up online previous AP tests because I'm pretty sure they believe those. Yeah, they do the previous AP test, previous FRQs, stuff like that, that can really be so beneficial to you. Just doing those 
And whenever you do the preview, the test or whatever, anything like that, um, what was I going to say? Oh, whenever you do the previous test, make sure to look at what you got wrong. Go over what you got wrong. Like, so that you can actually know. It's important to know where you're struggling at so that you can go and review it instead of just reviewing the stuff that you already know. Another kind of active recall method like thing that I would suggest doing is actually explaining the information or acting like you're teaching the information to other people. And I think this helps because, well, I'm not really sure why it helps, but it really does. Maybe just record yourself explaining the unit or like me, I recorded myself talking about psych the um, my psychology learning and development unit into the microphone and then I listened back to it. And if there were parts or points where I stopped talking or I didn't really explain it well, I wrote that down so that I can know, oh, hey, I need to go back and look on this. I need to go back because I don't know that very well. So that can be very beneficial and I highly recommend doing that. Please take that advice. And also, also going back to what I said about take-home tests, the reason I want to stress like why it's so important to do take, well, I don't know if other people have take-home tests, but basically it's just this thing. It was, it's kind of like an optional test review that the, my um, algebra teacher gave us before the test, like about four days before the test or something like that. And I used to not do the test, the take-home test reviews, but something that I realized was that Literally, the tests she made were so sim similar to the review, and I was getting terrible grades on the test. And now, I actually do the test review. I treat the test review, even though it's optional, I treat it like it's required, like I have to do it. And then I go online and I look at the answer key. I'm like, okay, I got this wrong. Let me go do some more practice problems. Practice problems and test reviews will help you out so much. Please do them. And just honestly, all of these techniques are much better than passive review because you're actually actively remembering it through repetition and having to go back into your brain and recall it. I feel like you're strengthening the neural, neural, I cannot pronounce that, neural connections. Yeah. And then also there's spaced repetition, which basically this study technique, it just involves you, each time you study, you add more time in between your next study session of that specific material. And this specifically works better with a long-term thing. Like maybe you have a vocabulary test next uh, in the next um, three weeks. You would study the vocabulary a bunch on the first few days and you start adding more time in between. Like, oh, maybe you studied it every, every two days and then next time it's every three days and then it's you know you just space it out like that and I think this is better because you're actually adding it to your long-term memory because you're going back and recalling it from your memory you having to retrieve that information which I guess spaced repetition is a bit like distributed practice because uh, yeah and honestly, I would just say, make sure to try and incorporate different learning styles, different types of resources and stuff like that whenever you're learning. Because I know people say that, they'll say that they have one specific type of learning style. They'll say, oh, I'm a kinesthetic learning. Oh, I learn better by writing. But I think it's best to incorporate different types of things into learning. 
not just writing, not just reviewing, but maybe watch a video, look at a picture, and then listen to a listen to somebody explaining it, reread re re your notes, all of that. I think that can all be helpful or typing out what you remember from the unit, stuff like that. And sometimes when your teacher just, you know, may not be the most helpful or the greatest person for you to learn from, or maybe you're just confused about a topic that you already learned earlier in the year and you just don't want to ask them that, you need to find resources. Use your resources. Using your resources is so important. First of all, there's Khan Academy. They have resources for all sorts of subjects on there. They're really helpful for me. And then also there's actually an SAT prep course that I connected to my College Board account. And I'm currently using that to prepare for the SAT next year. Because as I said before, it's never too early to prepare. And then also there's YouTube channels. If you're in a specific subject and there's a YouTube channel, you can look up YouTube videos and all of that. YouTube is like literally endless videos, endless resources, all of that. And there's this one guy I used to look at for chemistry last year. And also I think he does algebra videos. Um, what is his name? Oh, the organic chemistry tutor is the best. Y'all need to look him up. If you're doing chemistry or maybe some type of math, his videos are so helpful. And then also Crash Course, they have videos in history, psychology, science, videos in a ton of subjects. And as I stated before, Quizlet, like, you know, people have the sets of flashcards that they already make on there. And also you can make your own flashcards. So that can be really helpful. And looking at your textbooks as well. I know that there's these AP Barron's textbooks where they make textbooks that specifically help to prepare you for the AP exam. They have all of the units and also they have practice questions and practice tests that you can do. And of course, you can ask your peers, always ask your peers or the other students and other people around you, because if you don't know it, then what's the harm in asking? However, I do want to say that you shouldn't be afraid to ask questions in class. Like, honestly, actively engage with your teacher and let them know when you need help. Because they'll see your effort, they'll see the effort that you're putting into actually learning, even if you may feel like you're being annoying or asking questions so much or too much, and they'll probably appreciate that. And honestly, sometimes you just gotta let go of that feeling of, oh my gosh, I feel like this teacher is gonna think I'm dumb for asking so many questions, or she already explained this, let me not say that. But you gotta out, you gotta weigh the pros and cons of if I don't ask this question right now, then this question may show up in the test and I may not understand that and that could hurt me in the future. So, yeah. Or if you don't want to ask the question in front of the class, try going to the class during lunch or after school or before school if the teacher has tutoring or anything like that. And something that I'll sometimes do in my algebra class is actually ask to see the test that we took in class class afterwards I'll ask I'll go in during lunch time and I'll ask to see the test just so that I can actually work through the problems that I missed or ask the teacher to explain something on the test that I missed if I don't understand it if I still don't understand it and also like you know being engaged in class 
asking the teacher genuine questions and stuff like that, it shows the teacher that you're actually willing to learn. And I think that any great teacher can appreciate a student that's willing to learn and willing to grow and progress and get better. Finally, I would also like to add some things that you should not do. Well, just it's just one thing that you shouldn't do. Do not over highlight. I know that some people, they'll have these super cute notes and have a bunch of curly letters and highlighters and all of that in the notes and they'll just like highlight everything. It literally looks like a neon something, neon monster vomited all over their page. I'm sorry, that's kind of rude. But some people over highlight and what I think, I think that highlighting, it doesn't even do anything unless you're actually like only highlight stuff that's important. Maybe highlight the vocabulary, a, vocab a key vocabulary word, highlight that within the whatever the notes you had or whatever passage you had to read, highlight those or maybe highlight the heading, but don't just go around highlighting a bunch of lines for no reason. Like that's not really gonna help you. It's just like distracting, to be honest, in my opinion. So yeah. Also during the test, whenever you're taking a test, I feel like these are you know pretty essential study strategies. I mean, pretty essential test taking strategies. Make sure to use elimination if you're not quite sure. Like, oh, I don't know, this question is kind of confusing to me. I don't know what to do. Use elimination so you can say, oh, this answer. I know I can cross that out because it helps you to narrow down your options. And if you if you're still stuck on the question, even ask, after eliminating it, you're still trying to decide between I don't know which one this is. Just star the question and move on because you don't want to waste valuable time that you could be using on another question or an, or on another another problem. And always make sure to go into a test, go into a quiz, go into whatever. Make sure to go into it with a good positive mindset. Not necessarily like egotistical or prideful, just a positive mindset. Because something that, that I've noticed, and it's actually so weird, and I've tried to been actively combat this, is that a lot of people, even like myself included, I'm not trying to say like I'm not guilty of this, but a lot of people before the test, they'll always talk down on themselves. They'll constantly say, oh my gosh, I'm going to fail. Oh my gosh, this test is so hard. Oh my gosh, I didn't even study. I was literally, I literally don't understand a single thing. And also another thing, a lot of the people that say that are literally the smart kids. <clears throat> a lot of the people that say that are literally the smart kids too. And then like they get a 100 on the test. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought we were in this together. But anyway, everyone is smart in their own way. And what I've been doing to combat this like, you know, pre-test negative self-talk is I just tell people around me, I say, hey, good luck on the test, Amelia. Good luck on the test, Johnny. Those are not actual people's, people in my class's name. But yeah, I just tell them good luck. And I say like, and even after the test, I don't, I make sure that I'm not talking down on myself. I just say, well, that's the test. Like, cause you can't really do anything after the test to change your grade that you got. All you can do is work on progress. Like. And just ha go in with a good mindset, relax, don't get too stressed, and focus on what you can control. If you do a test and you're like 100% sure you bombed the test, you're 100% sure you messed up on the test or whatever afterwards, 
Don't go around complaining about it to other people. Like no one wants to hear that. Instead, make sure to follow up on the test and follow up on the test. Like ask the teacher what you got wrong and how you can can improve and use your failure as a learning experience. Use your mistakes as like a learning experience for how you can progress and do better in the future. Or maybe the teacher is offering test corrections. Do that and like actually learn what you can take from that experience. Because something that I've been beginning to realize is that we don't constantly need to just, you know, take the failure. We don't need to just take the L. We can actually take the L and transform it into a win. Oh, wait, that's actually kind of smart. <laughs> okay, anyway, that is pretty much it for this episode. And hopefully, hopefully, those tips were helpful. Then let me know if they were. And recommend it to other people so that your friends or your family or whoever, your cousins, whoever you want, whoever you want, can be like, oh my gosh, I got a 97 on my calculus quiz, all thanks to Mind Elixir podcast. But yeah, also, I'm just, but I'm hoping that now, now you know a little bit more about creating a better study environment, how to split up study sessions for a test, and you know, some strategies for studying. Now, I've said the word studying so many times, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be so annoying on Mike. Like, all of this sounds like a snake, and that's so annoying. But make sure to follow me on Instagram at mindelixir.podcast, TikTok, Pinterest, and all my other socials. Have a lovely day, and I just want to thank you for being present here with me and taking time out, out of your day to listen to this. I hope that you are able to keep learning, keep growing, and of course, do well on whatever test you're studying for. Bye.